Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. I am Brianna. And we are back for another episode review, Season 4, Episode 3, Then Learn Fly. How are you doing, Brianna? Yay! I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? Doing good. It's the conclusion of my birthday week that I uh, had coined Spring Peter the last couple decades. Right, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, my birthday always falls uh, under spring break here in Oregon, so I had a good time. had a good time. Uh, I mentioned to you off mic, I got a brand new laptop. Uh, I got to hang out with the guys a couple times this week. I got to see the sisters a couple times. Um, Yeah, I had a really good time. So kids are a little under the weather. I think we're all getting a little bit better now, but, um, you know, like like you mentioned before, tis the season, so how's everything on your end? Um. I, I'm I'm ready for the weather to decide what season it wants to be. I'm tired of this swinging from summer to winter and everything in between every five days. But mm. you know that's spring in Illinois. Yeah. Don't like the weather. Wait ten minutes, it'll change. Yeah, it, it almost sounds like Portland a little bit. But um, uh, let's see here. Oh, funny thing is, I, I have done a, a couple of other episodes on on other pods. One, one including catch up in the living room. Um, Mikey mm-hmm. and Jeremy had me watch an episode of Next Generations. That that was interesting. It was my very first full um, episode uh, of Star Trek of any kind. So that was fun. <gasps> what episode did you watch? I gotta go. Oh God. Yeah, it was called uh, Peak Performance. Peak performance. Peak performance. It's from season two, episode twenty-one. I feel something like that. It's where, um, oh gosh, Riker has to. Um, they're doing some battle battle simulation. He has Crusher come on with him. Chooses um, who does he choose to help out? Worf. I, I think he asks Worf to help out, and then there's some other alien species that comes on to. Jean-Luc Picard's uh, ship and he's supposed to teach them something but then there's also some other holographic g- game that they play um, I'm, I forget the game but look, look you're asking a guy who knows nothing of this universe so um, but yeah Peak Performance is the name of the episode that we uh, reviewed so I, I got three more episodes to watch uh, don't know when those will be scheduled but that's kind of a thing we're doing because I had them watch Quantum Leap Oh, that's awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was a huge, huge Next Generation fan. I've seen them all, and I've got the box sets and all that stuff. So I'm sure that if I were to watch the first 30 seconds of it, I would recognize it. Um, Is that the one where where Wesley was taking the entrance exam to the Academy? No, no. But um, he he does something that, that I think Riker said that's... Like cheating, but no, he took his advice and did. I I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm sure I'm pissing off some next generation fans, but do you remember the um uh, the movie Total Recall with Sh- uh, Schwarzenegger? Well, yeah. Remember the the doctor that they sent in, and um, he was trying to tell him that uh, you know this is all a dream, whatever. Then he breaks a sweat, you know, and then 
And then Quaid realizes that uh, that, that guy was actually real. And no. then shoots him. No. Okay. I don't well, remember it that well, but I remember that, it. that guy. He plays like the main alien in in this episode, and you can tell it's him. Um, I think I think Mikey called him like roast beef face or something like that because of rude roast roast beef face or something. I'm, like that. I'm just saying that's rude. I mean, don't make no, fun well, of aliens. The, you know, physical beef attributes. Beef. Right, right, right. That they're they're all created equal in their own right. I, I guess. Right? I mean, it's not their fault they look like roast beef. Yeah, yeah. No, this is true. I mean, is is it not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so so that's on Ketchup in the Living Room. If if anyone wants to hear, and we might have talked about illegal and non-illegal drugs. We don't know. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, And also, I put out a a couple episode reviews on on my other movie one, uh, Podstalgic. And it's, it's funny because one of them I opened up. Cobra Kai Companion <laughs> and that is the stinger the opening stinger to that episode it was pretty funny oh awesome yeah so uh, shout out to Mikey G who listened to it uh, so he got to hear me open up Postalgic as Cobra Kai Companion and I was like wait 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 wrong show wrong show so something um, we've done here before uh, yeah you've completely forgotten your name before so that has happened I, I believe that's actually on the recording so. yes and it was like yeah. uh, two episodes ago <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Wasn't very long. So uh, some updates. Um, recently, Ralph Macchio uh, put out that you can now pre-order an upcoming memoir uh, due out October, I believe it was, mid-October. Mm-hmm. Um, see I'm what excited. Else. I'm looking oh, forward to that. I bet you are. Uh, so def- uh, pre-order now before it sells out. And now, I, wait, I a minute, out wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you insinuating here? What? what? Oh. Are you insinuating something with the, I bet you are. Uh-huh. I mean, you are a Ralph fan. I so am. I, I, I would imagine that uh, you have already pre-ordered the, the yes. book. Yes. Okay, see? So, <laughs> so there we go. I see the lies here. Waiting um, for the audio book, though, because, you know, got to record your own. And I figure if you're going to write memoirs at the age of 60 is a good age to write them. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel you must far have from a, uh, done, but um, you gotta have Billy do the audiobook. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel it's only right. Uh, that would be absolutely hilarious. And I, it, it's hard to to kind of guesstimate right now, but I would say that this is probably the last episode review before um, Paley Fest, which is coming up in LA here at the time of this recording, less than two weeks. Uh, so if you guys missed it on previous episode uh, episodes, I mentioned that uh, uh, there, there will be a Cobra Kai night on April 8th, 2022. So, you know, if anybody listens back on this, it's, it's you know, probably going to be really dated or, or the event has already passed, but um Added to the lineup now, uh, Gianni DiCenzo, uh, who plays Dimitri, and also, who else is there? Uh, Mary Mauser was also added, uh, who plays Sam. So um, the, it, it, it's, I, I don't know if the list is growing. They they just added the two actors. So I, I don't know if they plan to add Sholo, who's still not yet um, part of the lineup, nor uh, Martin Cove. So Sholo to- might be busy. Right, right. That's that's what we're all kind of speculating, you know, with Blue Beetle and such. Um, but he, if he's in L.A., I could also see him, like, you know, carving out an hour or whatever that evening to show up, whether or not it's publicized in advance. Right, right. I could see that. 
So, so we'll see because it's interesting that unless I missed it, neither Mary nor Gianni um, uh, shared that they were added to the lineup either. I'm actually the one that posted it on social media and Paleyfest uh, had retweeted and also reshared. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I did reach out to Paleyfest to confirm before doing so, and, and and they did confirm. And it's also updated on their site. So, um, I mean, guys, that's the reason you guys got to follow us on social media, just because sometimes those i mean paleyfest I, I was a little surprised that they hadn't um put that out yet and and i found out from a third party they right. didn't, and it wasn't updated yet on their site to tell I, I put it out so so we, we really tried to find like all the you know latest news and, and content and put it out there we may not be the first but we tried to find find it and, and put it out there so that way you guys have a one-stop shop you know for, for right your, News, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're also like your favorite source, um, or the the favorite source for your favorite content creators too. So they also, you know, come to us for things. Right, and companion adjacent, uh, Mike Pivor, Cobra Kai Wisdom is uh, reveling in his um, official position as a social media watcher. He's been poking the official account the last few days because they've kind of gone silent on us again and. Um, I think we all remember what happened the last time that happened, and I don't think any of us want to go through that again. No, no. So yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a lull right now, and uh, season five is in post post production, if that's even a thing. So I, I don't think so. I mean, no, I think it's okay. just done. I, I think it's just done. I think it's just sitting there. Maybe a little bit of tweaking left here and there, um, but. My my thing, my thinking, and I keep saying this on Twitter, and I, I know I'm wrong, if they're back on the YouTube filming schedule, which they are, I see no reason for them to not be back on the YouTube release schedule, uh, which would, except for the fact that promotion for that should have started six weeks ago and didn't. So, (laughs) probably not going to happen. Maybe late summer. Everybody keeps telling me that, oh, well, they wouldn't want to conflict with Stranger Things. And I'm like, you know what? I am over Stranger Things. They had season four filmed before our people even even got to Atlanta to start filming our season four. And we've got season four and five done already. And Stranger Things isn't out yet. So, I'm over it. It's Cobra Kai's turn. I think it's time for Stranger Things to take a backseat to us. Not the other way around. Yeah, and and you know what? I mean, I know a lot of people want to play like armchair detective, but anything anybody says is really a guess. You know, there, there's, there's oh, yeah. at this point, there's no patterns. There's there's algorithms, but like we nobody works for Netflix, but the people that work for Netflix. So like, how how, how do we even know? And you can't look at what's coming out and make guesses based off that. But Well, Jean Kirk seems you. to have access to all kinds of stuff that he's not supposed to have. Yeah. Uh, but he's got he's got friends that work for European Netflix, so he finds out stuff from them and and he found, you know, he was the one that originally found out that season 3 was going to be released in December and I didn't believe him. I was like September, September, September and then December was he was right, you know. Give credit where credit is due. Jean Kirk uh, yeah. does tend to know Cobra Kai fandom does tend to know a little bit more than he lets on so pay attention to him too okay well there you go and also like watch party is pretty good at investigating mm. things so oh um, yeah he can you know, suss out everything yeah he's he's one of the best so um one of our friends there on social media um so yeah if you aren't watching his videos watch him because um he's the best so 
All right. Uh, I think that's it. Well, I mean, I, yeah, just, and again, on Paley Fest, um, I'm going to be there. Uh, Mikey G is going to be there. Um, Pialani, Amy. So uh, a lot of us are going to be in the area. And if you, you know, there's going to be a, a, a meetup, a casual meetup. I just, I don't have a lot of time to um, spend that like I, I had hoped that I would. So it's probably going to be like a really small window. So if you are in the LA area and plan to attend Pelly Fest, again, follow us on social media to kind of, you know, get the updated details on um, where the meetup might be before the event. So uh, at this time, no time nor place has been determined, but um, there's, you know, we, we definitely want to do a meetup for those that uh, can come by. Right. Okay, so here we go. Finally getting into um, this episode. Uh, this was written by Michael Jonathan Smith, which we do have an interview out right now where he does talk about this episode. And directed by a uh, newcomer this season, Muriel Woods, uh, which is also going to be an upcoming interview very shortly after this release. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, as always, Amy provided the synopsis for this episode. Uh, she says, The Eagles and Miyagis all come together to train, demonstrate their skills, meditate, troll each other a little bit, and share food. All to the soundtrack of that song from Bill and Ted that nobody really listened to the lyrics of until a couple years ago when we all suddenly realized that it's a song about two brothers deciding to exclusively have threesomes. After a great day of training, Johnny and Daniel head to a family dinner at the LaRusso house where we see how in sync and easy they are around each other these days. Feeling less easy is Miguel, whose awkwardness around Daniel results in embarrassing talk about community college and a wine disaster. The awkwardness dissipates after they spend time bonding over car repairs the following day where Daniel also admits to the audience that he never should have been trusted with money as a teenager. Johnny and Daniel swap classes for a day, with Daniel instructing the Eagle Fangs to catch Koi by hand, and Johnny attempting to get the Miyagis to jump across rooftops. Neither is an easy task. The Eagles can't quite figure out how to make it work. The Miyagis just don't want to die. Uh, Johnny and Sam engage in typical Lawrence LaRusso stubbornness, with both willing to stay on that rooftop until the other one breaks. They call each other out with various truths that both needed to hear, but it's a text from Daniel that inadvertently convinces Sam to take the leap as Johnny looks on with pride. Later that night, he takes his own metaphorical leap and tells Carmen that he doesn't want to take it slow anymore. He's all in. And fortunately, so is she. But as his relationship with Carmen is on solid ground again, his relationship with the other DS may not be. After Miguel masters the coy catch and Daniel presents him with a matching headband, Johnny's jealousy and insecurity rears its ugly head. In the world of Cobra Kai, Kenny visits the dojo to find Robbie and isn't welcome with open arms. Robbie visits him at home later and after seeing the latest piece of cyberbullying, agrees to help him uh, help him out. He returns to Cobra Kai for another chance and winds up punching Kyler in the face. This is all it takes for Kreese to welcome him in the fold. The only person not feeling triumph during these couple of days is poor Terry Silver, who was minding his own business and didn't want to get pulled back into the foolishness. After being served breakfast with a side of PTSD, he storms uh, over to Cobra Kai to tell Kreese that he's done with the mind games. But Kreese is never done with the mind games. After seeing a string of unanswered texts from Cheyenne and flashing back to a tattoo parlor long, uh, long ago, we realize that Kreese has finally burrowed into Terry's head. Ponytail is back. Yep. And as always, so thorough that uh, 
thank you guys for checking out this episode. Uh, we have yep, to we're done. Add. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> um, we appreciate it. That's all we need to know about this episode. We're good. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, she really, really said it all. Um, so what do you think about this episode, Then Learn Fly? Uh, well, Michael wrote it, so of course I love it. Um, that's kind of a, a foregone conclusion. I think it's a fantastic follow-up to uh, First Learn Stand. I love the, of course, developing relationship, friendship between Johnny and Daniel. Um, I, 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 I love everything about it. It's a very solid mid-season-ish. I don't want to say, I mean, it's not mid-season because it's only episode three. But it's a fantastic middle of the first half of the season episode. It yep. bridges. It's exactly that, too. Yeah, it bridges everything that came before, and it sets up everything that's coming after, and it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um very dialogue heavy, and um you know, it, it, and I know some people may think like, oh, you know, that's uh, that's boring, but no, like the so much great dialogue here between um you know a, a lot of a lot of very interesting pairings, you know, like you mentioned Johnny and Daniel, they're they're finally starting to look like a couple. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you got Johnny and Sam, which uh, they they have some really great shared dialogue. Um, Cherry's coming around, so so we got like a really good back and forth with him and Crease. Um, yeah, Anthony and Johnny share a moment here, so a lot of lot of great stuff. Uh, there, there were points in my notes I, I I didn't. I was just like, dialogue is too good for notes, you know, like something like that. Uh, well, Anthony and Johnny's moment there, I think it does a fantastic job, first of all, because what we've seen of Griffin, you know, we saw him so much in season one, and he was this chubby little 11-year-old kid that wanted nothing to do with anything that was going on, and then season two, he was in like maybe five minutes, and see, you know, off to camp, and then back, and wanting waffles, and season three, we just see him chastising his sister, you should have been better, Anthony, go wait in the car, um, so... We didn't really see his transformation from this chubby little 11-year-old to this suddenly, you know, five-and-a-half-foot-tall um, Ralph Macchio clone um, walking around. And I think Johnny did a great job of explaining to the audience, you know, and, and I love Anthony's line. It's called a growth spurt, dipshit. It, it, yeah, that's exactly what happens to children when they're about 12, 13 years old. That's exactly what happens. They shoot up eight inches and lose 10 pounds and... It's it's crazy. I mean, babies too. You know, when babies are born, they're kind of you know l- little chubby with the cheeks and all that. Mm-hmm. They start running around. They start thinning out. I mean, you know, I got a seventeen month old here. That's a prime example of that. Yes, yes. I have the grand queen will be two yep. in uh, six weeks. See? You know, and and uh, yeah, it, it's it's amazing how much she's she's uh, grown in the last two years. You know, you take this yeah. little you know eight pound two-foot-long baby, and now she's, you know, like a 25-pound a human who just wants to touch everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my, my little baby, he likes to grab things and just stick them in all the different crevices. And so there was one day, what was I looking for? Oh, I have to wear, I'm supposed to wear um, this uh, night mouth guard thing that I don't. But anyway, nope. like th- there was a, a period where I, I misplaced it for like an entire week. And uh, yeah, sure enough, he has stuck it in like one of his you know big toys, you know, and I was like, oh, well, there's a container right there. 
Right. Um, well, Maui's yeah. Maui's teeth aren't perfectly straight, you know, so Maui needs the night guard too. <laughs> I'm just thinking that the biggest doll that that my oh, granddaughter push. has is a talking Maui. Um, okay. He's almost as tall as she is. So yeah. Oh yeah. Love some Maui. I always think back to Vas Sanchez dressed up as Maui for Halloween one year. Um, so you, if you guys follow the uh, the actors on social media, you get to see fun photos like that. Yeah. But, all right. So we open up on the, the training montage. Like Amy says, two heads are better than one. No, I never listened to the lyrics growing up uh, watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It is one of my favorite movies. Um, and yeah, each sensei is sparring with the students on the platform. Uh, Johnny and Daniel seem to be working okay together, and they're sharing food, uh, dumplings, and um, and a ham sandwich or some meat sandwich of some sort. I'm pretty I sure it's ham. Meat. It's a, it's a, it's a nice swap from the um, you know, instead of just ham juice, he's offering him you know, and he gave him the big half. That's that's amazing. Yeah, Johnny yeah. gave Daniel the big half of the sandwich. That is all damn near an engagement ring. It'd be funny if, uh, you know, because we do see Johnny, like, drinking some of the RC Cola. What if he had, like, a can of Coca-Cola that he gives Daniel, you know, giving him the better cola? Uh, uh, Daniel no? objects much? Daniel objects to the corporatization of Coke products. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So if he took it, you know, he would wrap his hand around the label and hold the can backwards so you can't see what he's actually, yeah. No. I got you. Oh, all right. I, I know what you're talking about yeah. now. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, that that'd be more Ralph than 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 Daniel. More Ralph than I, I more Ralph you. than Daniel. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, no, Ralph I, at twenty one. Let's see what he's. You know, there's a big difference between twenty one and sixty. So sure. Um, I, I got to call BS on, on on one part here of the uh, of the montage here where where Johnny tries to uh, sneak a sip of beer while meditating. Now, unless uh-huh. unless there's music on or something, you're telling me nobody heard. Him take a little sip and gulp of that beer. Oh, I mean, absolutely! I they did. Daniel did. Daniel Clearly. did because he side eyed him like crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought one of those things that like maybe Daniel just heard the movement, but Johnny doesn't think anybody was going to hear that. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least he didn't. You know, he didn't. He didn't crack it open right then and there, right? You know, he he didn't. He didn't take the lid off. We, we were just discussing. Maybe yeah, that we was were. Cut. We were Yep, we were just discussing me constantly opening and closing, you know, soda bottles and and the sound that they make. So yeah, Daniel absolutely, and I love that Johnny like he's like totally zen with his beer. You know, he's got eyes closed and he's like drifting. Gulp. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be smooth about it. Uh, and then um, at, one, at one point, there's a Johnny versus Daniel, and obviously we saw this um, blurred still uh, before we got uh, the actual trailer of Johnny doing the crane kick, so um, or at least the stance, you know. So, so that's fun. Yes, um, and Daniel's reaction is just like the best. He just chucks the pads and walks off <laughs> like you dick. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then there's one point where there's a Daniel and Chris uh, kind of sparring, and he does the uh, pretend to hit hit in the groin like Miyagi does in Credit Kid Two. Yep, primary target. So, uh, and I'm assuming they had a nice training day because uh, we get a little fist bump there. Usually that tells me like, oh, hey, you know, we did a good job, and there's a bit of an, a mutual agreement there. Right, right. And this is one of my favorite moments of the entire season. I know we had this in the trailer, the fist bump itself. We did not know what precedes it. 
there's just something amazing about Daniel and Johnny, you know, they're walking up out and they're following Sam and Miguel. Daniel watches Sam and Miguel kiss each other goodbye. And then he turns around and reaches for Johnny. I mean, that's, it's that's, like, that's just goodbye, right? Yeah. Right? You know? It's just perfect. It's just yeah. perfect because, the you know, the entire LaRusso fandom in that moment goes, now kiss. It, it right. just, you know, it was brilliant. Uh Yep, and then we get the reveal of the Eagle Fang Mobile. Um, I remember watching this, and I had to kind of just shake my head and go, "Of course, of course, of course. you know." Like, I mean, we, we got the the uh, again the song from the Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, and um, you know they have a van with the wild stallion, so this is kind of in line with that. I do like it. Uh, I, I believe in Michael's interview, he mentions that uh, you know th- this is kind of like their. Um, uh, back in black from season two, you know, uh, right, episode two or two, right. yeah, for the Cobra, Cobra Kai mobile, right? So, and I, I do um, have to wonder yeah. looking at the Eagle mobile, um, this is some beautiful, you know, airbrush work that's been done here on this logo with the claws and the lightning and and the eagle fang across the hood, and it's beautiful. So, somebody tell me why it is still a Plymouth green with the fake wood down the side. Why didn't someone who ever did that airbrushing paint it black first? I'm not sure. Maybe I mean, it's just decal. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it, they, they airbrushed it across the seams and such. Um, it, well, it, it's I mean, to, beautiful work. It just, you know, to be it's fair, it's on uh, a fake woody. I fake woody. Okay. All right. Um, a, a fake woody van. Like the missing sure. Woody wagon from Daniel's front or Mr. Miyagi's front yard. Uh-huh. Yes. Completely, yeah. <laughs> Tripping all over your those brain words, just huh? went. Your brain went back to the kiss right before. <laughs> sure. Yes. No. Um. I, to be fair, technically, it's still a stolen vehicle, right? Um, I mean, because the 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 the, the challenger, the challenger ish, was given to him. Ish. I mean, uh, it is gray area there. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he took off from the the chop shop in the van, and he's had it ever since. And Daniel, a couple times, has gone, "Hey, I would like to remind you, that's mine." Um, but at this point, I really don't think he wants that thing on the Larusso lot, any Larusso lot, and I really don't think he wants it in his driveway either. But you know, when your bestie yeah. drives it, then you're just stuck with it. Yeah, it could also be like you know, Johnny's like, you know, what, let me just let me just try. The, the the eagle is let's see how he reacts you know then if he doesn't then, then maybe we'll get a new color right and it's it's a running theme at this point there's there's these two like one destructive and one really friendly running theme throughout the show every season johnny loses a tv and every season daniel gives johnny a car so what's he giving him next year well i mean he doesn't get a car this year because he's still driving the same van from season three well, yeah, but Daniel consents to let him keep it. I mean, yeah. he's not driving around with the LaRusso auto plates anymore, is he? Does it still have the LaRusso auto plates on it? I I don't know, actually. Yeah, yeah, not sure. Do we do we see it? Let's see. All right, there's mm-hmm. the van. There they're getting in the van. I want I want to see if it still has the LaRusso auto plates on it because that would crack me up if it does. Because then it's actually not even street legal. If he's uh, you can't yeah. see him. Yeah, you can't see him. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, if he's, if he's driving around with the, <laughs> the dealer plates still on the van. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny. 
Um, it would be. So Johnny Carmen and Miguel are at the, the Russo's house for dinner. Uh, Daniel is pulling out another pizza, and it sounds like Johnny's the one who put the toppings on the second one. Uh, four kinds of animal, which is a man's pizza, he says. So do you think uh, Daniel just kind of stepped back and let Johnny go ahead and create that second pizza? Because we do see one on the table, and the second one he right. pulls out, I'm assuming, again, Johnny prepared. Um, I think Daniel is too Italian to release full control of the pizza. Uh, but I think he just let Johnny pick what was going on it. And the domestication going on between these two, like you said, they are so comfortable with each other. They've known each other at this point. It's it's uh, 2019, finally. Right. So they've known each other at this point for 35 years. Um and you can't not be comfortable with someone after 35 years, even if you despise everything about them. You still understand them. You expect what you expect. You know how they're going to react. And, you know, they're just very comfortable with each other. And I think that makes sense. Yeah, they've got so much history together and they've got so much they've been through together and things that they didn't go through together, but they went through the same things, especially with Crease. Um and they've just fallen into this really awesome, you know, relationship where it, it's perfectly logical and it's not intrusive at all for Daniel to ask Johnny, oh. hey, what's up with you and Carmen? Right. You came yeah, in different no. cars. What's going on? You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he asks if there's trouble in paradise because he does notice that. Um, Johnny says that uh, they're taking things slow. Uh, Daniel comments that's the speed he didn't think he could go. Um, Johnny calls him a wise ass and flips his bottle, to which Daniel catches without flinching. So yes, um, yes, really, yes. really enjoy that. Was, I, we we did ask we did ask Michael if that was if that was scripted, um, and it was. But all I could think about how easily Daniel catches that, and I, I think back to Amy's video from C two E two where she had asked Billy to do the cap flip, and how many. Thousands of times, Ralph has stood and just watched Billy fling these things. So right, he knows yeah. where they're going, right? He knows where they're going based on, like, the angle of, of Billy's hand and everything. And he just, boom, just reach out and catch it. Like, yeah. It's pretty awesome. amazing. It, 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 it was one of those things that, like, um, again, like, by season four, you feel like you know these characters. And 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 the writers, you know, they they, they continue to, like, add little things to, to just make our jaws drop. Like, oh, damn. Didn't see that coming, you know? Well, um, Easter egg-ish, Daniel asking specifically if there's trouble in paradise is an Easter egg. Do you remember who asked that question in the movies? uh, No. Allie's dad. Okay. When he was dancing with Allie and Johnny was dancing with Mm. Allie's mom. And he leaned down because she's glaring at Johnny. And he says, trouble in paradise? You two love birds having problems? Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a good line. It's a it's a short line. It's a real good callback. Yeah, perfectly, okay. and it fits perfectly. It, I mean, there's no way Daniel knows that Mr. Mills ever said that to Allie, right? But right, right, right. We know he said it. So you know, it's just a little nod. You know, little smile. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Michael says as much that this episode has like a lot of, um, you know, those 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 little nuggets from from the movies. Um, right. And I do have to say, as much food sharing as goes on in this episode, um, uh, when I asked Hayden, 
during one of his Q&As, and we all know how Hayden handles his Q&As. So I asked him, I was like, hey, what do, you know, LaRusso fans have to look forward to? Uh, you know, longing looks, slow montages, all this stuff. And he said, food sharing. And I laughed because I didn't think he was serious. But at the same time, I retweeted it and I said, I would kill to watch Johnny eat french fries off Daniel's plate. And it was very close to that because Johnny, you know, grabs the dumpling literally out of Daniel's bento box. So it's almost the same thing. And then with the pizza and just the the whole thing, it's just, oh, gosh, I, I just adore these two. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really great moment. Um, let's see here. And so, Anthony enters uh, the kitchen and sees Johnny at the stove and questions, "What the what the hell is he doing there?" Uh, says he was invited and asked uh, Anthony if he switched to Whopper Junior. And I I love this too because when Johnny's like, "Who the hell are you?" Anthony or Griffin like takes this beat as if like you don't recognize me. You were just here a few months ago. You know, right. or, or or last year, or whatever the the, the timeline is. Um, so I, I don't know. It was just like this really subtle thing that that I I kind of noticed. It's just like really you don't recognize me, but it, it's been so long. Uh, so right, right, and to a certain extent, you know, as you you bring up the timeline, the last time that that Anthony saw Johnny was when you know the day that Daniel gave him the the um, the the challenger. And or, because or, you know, dad's about to fight this guy, you know, that was the last time that they saw each other. So it's only been about 12 months. Well, in universe, it's still, still pretty close. But I was thinking like the all, all valley that was after the challenger. Right. Yeah. Because. Um, oh, well, yeah, Anthony that was after that. But, him, I don't but, think, but it wasn't like face to face, you know. Right. So. I don't think Johnny was paying any attention whatsoever to Anthony at that moment or at right. all through the first All Valley. He was just concerned with, you know, stabbing and, and digging and twisting the knife at Daniel. That's all he was about then. Yeah. So, yep. Love it. Tell Johnny uh, it's called the growth spurt, dipshit. You know, like you I said. I love it. It's such a good Still line. a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carbon's Still all a of dick. us. Is that what he says? No, I I, I don't oh. remember if he does or not. It's just it's because no, it, 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 it was there that was their exchange, you know, dumbass right. dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wrote still a piece of crap. Um, yeah, Carmen is all of us and says that uh, she doesn't think she'll ever get used to uh, get sick of seeing Johnny and Daniel together. Uh, she's yes. clearly a LaRusso fan. Yay. Um, we get an update that the dealership has been the best it's been in years. Uh, implies they'll mm-hmm. be in good hands. Uh, when when Sam's ready to take over, which uh, we find out is an inside joke, because uh, she used to walk around like she owned the place when she was younger. Well, I mean, technically she did, right? Because her parents do. But I don't think you know, Sam they, looks all all in on the going to sell cars idea. No, no. I mean, she's almost uh, borderline embarrassed there when Daniel first brings it up. Right. Definitely a conversation you know? they've had before, and definitely one that she does not enjoy. And that's it's it's the very beginning that we see of not necessarily cracks because we've seen that the LaRusso family dynamics are not perfect, right? Their kids are human. They're human. They're doing their best. But um, this is the start of the actual visible rift between a rebelling teenage girl and her father. And at this age, 16, 17 years old, um, I don't care how close a girl has been to her father up till that point. 
Um, and the same goes with with sons and mothers. So we're going to see the you know the same thing with Miguel and Carmen. Uh, when they get to be about 16, 17 years old, they start deciding who they want to be, and they don't want to be m- Mama's little little soldier anymore. They don't want to be Daddy's little girl anymore. They want to be their own people. Mm-hmm. So yep. you're going to get pushback and you're going to get rebellion. And I think this is a fantastic way to show that. They still love each other. They're still doing the best they can, but they're not always on the same page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel continues on too much about Sam's future and uh, Amanda kind of picks up the uh, facial reactions on everyone's faces here and pivots the conversation and asks Miguel how he's uh, doing in school. And I guess we kind of forget, you know, that uh, and, and Johnny reminds us as much that uh, uh, Miguel's a bit of a nerd here because he's got straight A's this semester, so that's uh, that's great. And says that he which is amazing. Um, and it's it's like one of the things that came from the movie, and it's it's like when Hayden talks about don't dig into the timeline too much, and things just happen. These kids like never go to school. Uh, right. The the only time we've really focused on them in school is the day of the fight and the immediate aftermath. We know they're still there, but it's like they never go to school. They're always training. And Daniel was the same way. Like, he's he's like always at Mr. Miyagi's house. But don't you have to go to school at some point? Right. Yeah. We, we never see them, like, in class. Like, we see them at school, but just not in class. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, Carmen adds that they want to keep options open because the, t- uh, the tuition at Stanford is, is kind of high. Uh, Miguel gets a little nervous and accidentally spills wine on Daniel. And uh, if I remember correctly, Michael kind of equates this to the, the to the brick kicking at the uh, the Mills's house in the first movie. It is it, it, it's it's a wonderful callback into that because he's so nervous and i don't think miguel has been nervous around daniel up until this point because there's always been that kind of adversarial thing going on and Uh they've only like the first time these two spoke to each other was four months ago um yeah yeah you're right so it i love daniel's reaction it's it's both the brick kicking where look at daniel's reaction compared to you know in those couple of lines of dialogue we come away from um that whole thing a lot of people believe that the reason that mr and mrs mills are no longer together come cobra kai is because he was abusive as hell and that really comes through in just those couple lines the way he treats his wife over that brick falling off is just insane and very controlling and very pushy and daniel is the exact opposite but it's also you know a a red substance dumped on daniel so it's also a callback to the spaghetti Mm -hmm. So I I just everything, everything comes around in circles, you know, and those olives and those artichokes on that that uh, tray in the middle, those artichokes particularly look really kind of questionable. Okay, Um, interesting. They're they're kind of yellowish, which I know artichokes are more yellow than green, but I would eat the olives and I would eat the red peppers, but I don't think I would touch those artichokes. They look very questionable. Okay, Uh, duly noted. Uh, Daniel is seeing them out and they confirm taking each other's students the following day. Um, and Johnny tells Miguel to make sure defense doesn't turn him into a cream puff. So definitely something that he remembers from the 84 tournament. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and looking at the, the decoration in the foyer here as he's telling them goodbye, I, I'm wondering which 
LaRusso it actually is that is meant to be doing these weird abstract paintings that are <laughs> hanging all over the place or whether or not, you know, this is like the kids art that they just decorate the house with because there are some really weird um, paintings hanging in the LaRusso house. Some very strange ones, which I don't remember this one being there when we were walking through the house, but um, it's, yeah, it's, I'd have it, to take it, your word for it. I, it's it's like this thing has either four arms or six boobs. I'm not quite sure which it is, um, and it's it's well, really weird looking. Sounds like uh, sounds like I have to go back and look at that real quick. Yeah, um, it's really weird. <laughs> I'm mean, I'm sure it was there before. We just uh, just just didn't see. It. I mean, well, like honestly, we we weren't there too long because it was a hot set, right? Like that that was set right. to to be filming like that week or the following week. So the uh, next so we didn't day, spend too much time, or, or two two or three days, because they were gonna. That, that's where yeah. they were starting Tuesday, and we were there on Friday. So yeah, right, yeah. Uh, let's see here. We cut to uh, Terry uh, back at the house, and he's listening to a radio in Japanese talking about stocks, which is interesting to me because he picked up uh, learning Japanese. That's. <gasps> That actually, that makes a lot of sense, um, I think, for the character of Terrence versus Terry, because okay. at this point, he has transformed himself into such an international kind of playboy businessman mm, yeah. yep, uh, kind that. of thing. It, it makes sense that he would listen to the market reports in the languages, you know, that they're being reported in. And him speaking Japanese makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I, um, I thought it was interesting that um, I... If I, you know, because I, I, I do watch everything with subtitles on. So I think, I, I don't know if it would have said that even with subtitles off. Because yes, it I, does. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, it does. So I, I did see that uh, on, on the note taking there. And if I had not read the subtitle, I don't know if I would have been paying attention to like what language that might have been. So uh, interesting layer that they added there. Right. I think even if you even if you're, you know, because the the translation is on the screen, even without the subtitles about, you know, yen closing down and and blah, blah, blah. Um, just hearing the word yen, I think people would would be enough, even if that it weren't on the screen to go, oh, well, he's, he's he speaks Japanese. Um, I, I love the, the whole creme brulee with the raspberries thing. It's rich people eat in the weirdest ways. Um, it, I, I don't, because the raspberries are there to decorate the plate, not necessarily to eat me. I'd go, I'd eat the raspberries first thing. Cause I like raspberries, but mm -hmm. that's just me. Yeah. Uh, to each their own. Um, let's see here. Let's see. His chef, uh, has prepared something special for breakfast. Uh, the clicking of the little blowtorch here gives Terry flashbacks to season three Vietnam. Um, and he remembers how Cree saved his ass and says anything he needs, he's there for him his whole life. Uh, and decides that, um, he's going to skip breakfast and go for a ride and clear his head. Now, the way his chef reacts to him kind of spacing out, do you, do you feel like, uh, uh, th this is something happened before because his chef is so quick to like, oh, you know, do you want me to call the doctor or whatever he says? I I think so. He's obviously very concerned. The look on his face. This is a, a change in personality from Terrence. This is not something. But we also know because there's his medication sitting on the table in front of him. They could not, especially throughout this episode, every like every time we see Terry on screen, his meds are close to him. So it's very clear that his his struggle with mental health is an ongoing thing. 
and it's something that his staff is aware of and you know maybe this is a bad reaction to a medication or maybe this is some kind of a break that the doctor needs to address yes that's exactly what it is but that hasn't happened yet so um I like when when I when 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 you were reading Amy's uh, synopsis and she was talking about poor Terry. At first, my gut reaction was like, you know, screw that, poor Terry. Um, but it's more poor Terrence because Terrence has fought so hard to be where he is, and he's going to lose himself to Terry very quickly. And it is yeah. kind of sad. It is, and 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 also like you know to what you're saying about the staff, like he. Um... I think Renee is this chef's name. Uh, he kind of points out, oh, is Miss Cheyenne not, not joining you today? So, you know, that's probably maybe not necessarily a concern, but, you know, there's many times I'd imagine uh, the chef shows up and, you know, both uh, Cheyenne and, and Terrence is out there, right? And so the fact that she's not there this time around is just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, maybe he was expecting her to be there. And you mentioning, you know, the meds, like this is all kind of like, okay, maybe I should call the doctor because he's acting a little funny and, and, and Cheyenne's not here as well. Um, so. Right, right. Where normally, you know, she would probably be the one to reel him back in because that's her position in his life. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I'm, I'm curious, uh, where, where am I here at, uh, 545 ish in where, uh, Terry is talking to Renee and you see the shot out across the beach. I'm pretty sure that I see two Cobra Kai production signs in the background. Okay. Um, sitting on the beach. There's just two orange, bright orange signs out there, but I'm not sure. You know, maybe it was just something going on on the beach. But they're about 100 yards apart right over his shoulder. And I'm curious if those were, you know, what what those are, whether those are Cobra Kai production signs or something else. But they just, uh, they stick out because you can see it through the palm they, tree. They're probably Cobra Kai promotional uh, uh, signs from Crease. You know, he left them there on the beach when he snuck in in the first episode. Trespass. I like remember? that. I like yeah. that. CK bright so, arrow, you know. <laughs> come on, Terry. Come, back come on. to me, Terry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you've got the signs. You've got the you've got the white hat um karate husbands and then you got the black hat karate husbands and right. um it, it's really kind of disturbing. Actually, I, oh, sure. I, I really in this episode we get further into the season, you ask me, do I give a shit about Terry? The answer is no. But in this one, I really do feel for him. And Tig's performance, the doubt on his face and the self-questioning on his face is just so evident. And him looking at his meds like, I should really take those. And then choosing to put them down and instead grabbing the ponytail holder later in the episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, to watch him lose everything he spent the last 35 years fighting for so quickly. Right. I mean, he puts on an acting clinic in this episode, yes. oh, you know, yes. and we haven't seen him in so long, you know, depending uh, how much of his movies you were following um, prior to him just, you know, straight up writing um, mm -hmm. over the last couple of decades. So uh, we got uh, Kenny walking into the dojo like Daniel does in the first movie. And instead of a cardboard cutout, we got the real crease standing behind the uh, the wall there, right? Uh, who, yeah, who greets him? And Kenny asks uh, for Robbie, whom Chris calls over. And Robbie finds out that Sean, uh, Sean actually has a brother, uh, little Kenny here. 
Trees yeah. basically tells Kenny that we fight our own battles in the real world, and Cobra Kai can show him how, but he has to prove he's worthy on the mat. So just real brief there. Right. Um, and the any, look on Kenny's face yeah. here at the end, Dallas is again as as a as a child is just like so phenomenally seeping talent from every pore. Um, just the look on his face. The, the big wide eyes looking up at Crease like, oh, my God, this guy's going to save me. And you know it's going to go so bad. But you also know just how bad Kenny's life is at the moment. And that's all directly because of uh, Zach and Slade and the other guy and Anthony. Marcus, I think it is. Marcus. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you want so badly for him to, you know be able to overcome this, but you don't necessarily want him kicking the living crap out of a LaRusso, but this one's really got it coming. So, you know, it it, it discontinues uh, to get more and more gray. I don't even know what color we are at this point anymore. You know, they... I mean, they there's a, definitely yeah, they do the, gray the photo in this show, shoots. Huh? Yeah, they do the photo shoots where Johnny's in black and, and Daniel's in, or well, it's Billy in black and Ralph in white, and then the backgrounds are caught. That's really not a thing other than to do the yin-yang. Everything is like muddy gray. And if you can pull your own, you know, morality out of what's going on, God bless you. Because there's very little going on that makes, you know, anything super, super clear. Everything is muddy and questionable and yeah, just there's so much in this episode. Michael did so much with so few words. He really did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Let's see. So we're at Miyagi-Do. Miguel is talking to Hawk about the dinner and how he embarrassed himself. Uh, Talked about the mention of Sam's future and that he can't even afford a car, let alone college. Um, Hopes they don't think uh, he's... Not good enough for her, and Hawk reminds him he's El Serpiente, and also a uh, uh, All Valley champion, and that he needs to show Mister Larusso what he's made of. Uh, Mitch mentions whatever Daniel is going to teach them will be a vacation, uh, a vacation compared to Johnny, mm-hmm. and then enters Daniel. Um, he questions, "What do you do if your opponent is faster than you?" and shows them real koi in the pond, and that they're going to catch the fish. Uh, gives them a little incentive and says, first to succeed, we'll get to lead the class. Yay! Yay! No. <laughs> uh, he hears audible groans and adds, they can pick the flavor of Gatorade. Uh, Mitch is a fan of Glacial Freeze, apparently. Um, I don't do think, I don't, I, I don't drink Gatorade. To me, it okay. tastes like salty Kool-Aid. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's about right. I've I've raised enough teenage athletes that I know that apparently Blue Gatorade is... The best Gatorade on the planet. I ran enough concession stands at wrestling meets and football games uh, to know that that was the first one we sold out of every time. And it was to the kids, not their parents. It was to the kids. Um, So I don't get the whole draw of Gatorade, but apparently blue is the best. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I don't don't think I ever get blue. You know, I'm um, sour apple. I get uh, strawberry. I get... Uh, one of the purple ones I also get, which is probably great, but there's also a light purple that I like. So I don't know. I, I guess it kind of depends. It D- depends for me on the mood. Yeah, but I just I can't I, stand it. I've never liked Gatorade. It tastes like Kool Aid with salt in it. I, I it's just yeah. the, the grossest thing, and it makes sense, right? Because it's an electrolyte replacement. It's going to taste like salt. 
Um, right. But I don't like it. Oh yeah, I mean during the summer when I'm working, as you can imagine, like uh, it's it's all Powerade and Gatorade for me. So right in in that heat, yeah, I just need a little 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 bit of a bit of flavor. I mean, obviously you want to hydrate yourself when you work outside, um, and so like water is great, but sometimes you just need a little flavor, and so I'll I'll dip into the Gatorade or a Powerade depending on uh, you know which has the the two for three or whatever it is. Right, right. Usually Powerade, I think, is the one that does that. And it's the bigger one, too. Powerade bottles are tend to be bigger. Uh, the Gatorade, Gatorade bottles are, are fatter, uh, but the Powerade bottles Powerade's are taller. taller. Yeah. Could be, yeah. Uh, um, Miguel falls into the pond, and Daniel says he's wet behind the ears, a la Miyaki from the first movie. Beautiful. Yet, yet another beautiful, subtle Easter egg. Um, I, is Daniel aware he's repeating things that Mr. Miyagi said to him at this point? Probably not other than the stuff he said to Johnny last season, but it's part of him, right? Just the things that Mr. Miyagi said are part of him. So absolutely. Also this Uh, shot, um, where I'm stopped, it's, um, it's, it's Owen, Aiden and Austin sitting there after uh, Miguel has fallen in and the looks on their faces are just hilarious. Oh, sure. Um, Austin is getting tall, like super tall. Austin, Austin, Austin. Reigns. Oh, he, or no, no, this Austin is Sean Reigns Thacker. This is Sean Thacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Sean Thacker. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, Sean Thacker with the with the curly hair. He's getting tall, okay. like super tall. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to remember Sean's. I think he's, I think he's Logan, if I'm not mistaken. I think Lawson is Austin Reigns. Oh, gosh, we really need to 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 get something together where um, you know we can get get all their names up based on like pictures we've seen and such. Right, and you know what Just else would be awesome straight. would be like do an entire do an entire interview episode with with Austin with Sean with AJ with you know with with oh, yeah. Abe get get them all you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. At once, Craig. I think that'd be that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, cut to Johnny leading the Miyagi Dose up on a rooftop for a lesson on jumping from one building to another. Uh, on the way up, Nate asks where he's taking them, and Dimitri says, No, we're good. And that he heard Johnny drowned a kid in a pool trying to teach him how to kick, and that was before he sicked a rabbit dog on Eli. So it, I'm kind of interested into, into knowing where did Dimitri hear this, right? Because... <sighs> If they really thought about it, like, I, I feel they could have figured out, like, maybe he was Miguel. He was, like, the first, you know, Cobra Kai student. Right, yeah. I mean, he's uh, – Dimitri, and what that line reminded me of anyway, and I think it was – what was it? D- Dimitri's been there since day one. So even though he wasn't part of Cobra Kai, he does know what happened to Miguel. I have no doubt that Miguel told him. Um, and he does know what happened to Eli with the dog because they went to the movies together right afterwards. Um, and you know, Eli's arm was all bandaged up and everything. Um, I, I think that it's just, it serves as a great reminder that Dimitri's been there through all of this and he knows all of this, right? So he's just kind of hanging out up front and uh, this is not going to be good because we know what his questionable training methods are like, you know? Um, uh, and, and and I guess if you, if you really think about it, like uh, I I don't think maybe Miguel told uh, Dimitri because like Dimitri has been there since the beginning, but not necessarily around the Cobra Kai's. And I feel 
maybe that first story about drowning the kid in the pool, maybe maybe that was the uh, the, the the night guard who who caught Johnny back there. You know, like maybe Dimitri overheard that in the hallways. You know, and and at that point, like it could have been any student, right? Because Johnny was trying to um, trying to uh, recruit, you know, more more kids into the dojo. So it almost could have been anybody. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible. I think in, in in my mind, to me, it just makes more sense that Miguel was like, "Oh gosh, guess what? Since they did last night, you know." Um, because, yeah, Dimitri wasn't part of Cobra Kai, but he was there all through season one. Everything Cobra Kai did, Dimitri was part of. Until pretty well the middle of season two. He was there. He just wasn't yeah. in. I mean, he was in the inner circle without being in the inner circle. Like he told Eli on the beach that day. I'm in, I'm enjoying, you know, playing the game without the pain. So it's like he's there season and he's. Season two, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, when yeah. they were playing volleyball. Um, and the girls were hitting on him because oh you won the you won the tournament yes oh, we yeah. did yeah most deaf yeah 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 um I, I, and I, I to me it made, it just makes sense that Miguel would have told him that and he knew obviously okay. about the dog with Eli's arm so right yeah yeah uh, they all walk over uh, to the edge or ledge and looks down and sees three mattresses on the ground uh, Johnny gives them an intro about the eagle uh, mentions that they have feet. Dimitri corrects them that uh, their talents, and Johnny mistakes it for talent, uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, he's like, uh, there, yeah. talent, it's instincts. Um, right, right, conti- right. Con- continues that an eagle knows it has to make the first move, and that also uh, they have to break away from this wait-and-see crap uh, if they want to beat Cobra Kai. Um, Dimitri estimates the building is five nates away, and they're at least 14 nates high. And Nate kindly asks Dimitri to not use him as a system of measurement to which Johnny shouts quiet. Right. Uh, tells them they, they can't be an eagle unless they learn to fly and they can't do that unless they jump. Um, uh, those are, those concerns. are definitely some questionable trap house mattresses over there. I think someone was murdered yeah. on the top one. You know? <laughs> it's yeah, like... yeah, maybe the first two. Yeah, on top. Oh, uh, gross. Yeah, no, like, yeah, Abe says, oh, what if we fall? Or... Um, but yeah, yeah. There's there's concerns, but uh, nobody's volunteering to to go first. Um, and tells them they're not leaving until someone jumps. And Sam uh, Sam tells them that they'll be waiting a long time because no one is jumping. Right. I love this. We've got we've got once again a a hot headed Larusso and a pig headed Lawrence, and they're just going to try to outstubborn each other because that works so well. Right. We but, really need to know, change the family dynamics here just a little bit. To be fair. This is this is dangerous. <laughs> so, oh, it is dangerous. I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not on Johnny's yeah, yeah. side in the slightest here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're just talking about how they're both being stubborn. But like, well, yeah. Sam has the right to be, you know. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Cobra Kai, and Kenny has to show them what he's got uh, going up against Kyler Park. So we got the the, the name here, uh, last mm-hmm. name rather. Kenny questions how he's supposed to fight if he hasn't trained, and Kreese tells him to be Cobra Kai, he's got to have a killer instinct. And I, I don't think this is like a nod, but just the fact that Michael is, is um, um, you know, uh, writing and, and, and producing Twisted Metal, which is uh, a game from the 90s. Killer Instinct was also a game from the 90s, uh, which I also played. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out since I, I played me some Killer Instinct. Um, the first go around. I've, I've never heard of yeah. it. To me, this really? is this is um, like a repeat of the 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 Aisha Miguel Johnny dynamic. Um, this is Crease's version of the "Your enemy doesn't care what day it is" speech. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked yeah, Johnny's little, I, I, better because it didn't involve, you know, murdering children. But Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, same thing happens on... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I, yeah, yeah. The first go-around, Kyler scares him off the mat. Same thing happens on the second try, and everyone laughs. Uh, Kreese questions what's so funny and reminds them that the All-Valley is just a few short months away, uh, and they don't have time for losers or cowards. Uh, Kenny takes the hint and storms out the door. A poor, poor baby. Kid. I mean, yeah. I don't want him in Cobra Kai, but I do. It, it's I'm very torn. I feel so bad for him, but I, I mean, also... It, it, if it was led by Johnny, you know, it's it's something that that we hear later on in the season. But everyone could use a little uh, aggression. Oh well, I mean, if this were coming from Johnny, I mean, as as unconventional as Johnny's training methods have been thus far, he hasn't actually killed any of his students. He's come damn close, but he hasn't right. actually killed any. So I think he would be probably a better sensei for Kenny just because Kenny's mind is so wide open and and ready to absorb anything he could. And I think that's part of what's so tragic about his storyline is watching him fall in with Kreese and watching him fall under this distorted reality, right, that Robbie doesn't even realize is going on and think how much different it would be and how much better it would be if he had gone to Johnny and Daniel instead. Yep. Yep, I agree. So, something to keep an eye on in season five. Yes, definitely. Um, back to Miyagi Do. They're discussing going to a Chinese restaurant to practice catching more fish. Uh, Miguel declines to go, and Hawk says, um, Stay dry, my friend, which kind of reminds me of Stay Salty, my friend, from season one. Yep. Um, Miguel gets a call from Carmen, who's supposed to pick him up, but is having car trouble. Uh, Daniel's just leaving and offers to have his guys tow her vehicle and give him a ride home. Um, Miguel says it's okay, but Daniel insists. So I think it kind of shows um, both their characters there. Uh, and, and also, you've got to remember, you know, Daniel knows what it's like to be riding a bike, even from Reseda to Cuyahoga Park back and forth every day. So he's not going to let Miguel walk it. Right, right. I mean, that's not I mean, a short distance. So he re- he remembers having to pop it right back in the day too. So, right, like, yeah. He remembers all the car troubles. Yeah, of course yeah, he does. No, that's that's why he wants to uh, help out. Yeah. Um, He's so Miguel, Johnny. and Miguel yeah. is so him, I guess. Um, and it's just it's 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 so lovely since we've been kind of screaming at these two uh, to talk to each other and to realize that Miguel is so Daniel. Um, so oh, yeah. it's nice to see that evolving and that developing. No, no. I mean, and, and you're, that's exactly right. Just because, you know, like uh, how, how were you going to sell the show Cobra Kai to somebody new, right? You're like, oh, well, it's kind of, it, you know, it, it's, it's the idea of the karate kid and, and, and bullying and all that. Um, there's this new kid, Miguel, he's supposed to be, you know, like Daniel LaRusso and Johnny is like his Miyagi. And so we're finally seeing that now. You know, we're finally mm-hmm. seeing the um, the similarities in these two characters with them bonding together. And if we get beat over the head with a, a dish towel in a couple of months, a couple of minutes, you know, so what? Yeah, yeah. Um, back to Johnny on the rooftop. He walks over to Sam, and they have a really great dialogue about a, ju- a judgment and, and uh, some self uh, realization here. Um, you know, where he's uh, what, what does he say? I forgot what she says to him, but he's like, oh, like when you guys, you know, smashed in, into my into my car. And she's like, well, I was in the back seat, you know, and um, 
and and then he talks about like her showing up drunk at his place and then she reminds him that like I'm a teenager you're like 50 something year old man who drunk all the time still hasn't even figured out his life yet so you know yeah, just some um, throwing jabs again Amy mentioned it in, in the synopsis but what what really got me is when Johnny adds like at least he's doing what he loves every every damn day you know he's not listening to his parents you know where he would be working at some job where he's wearing a tie and just waiting for the clock to run out kind of thing so uh, I really do like that. And I think Michael mentioned like that last part, like Billy wanted to add to this dialogue. And I think it really fits. I think if that was Billy's input, then, you know, fantastic, because that is definitely um, after everything that we saw with Johnny did trying to pull himself out of the odd jobs, handyman, drunk all the time mindset from season one. It did take him 50 years to figure out what he wanted to do. But once he found it, he threw himself in full bore. Um, yeah, and you he can really tell to... that he loves what he does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, helping kids uh, like them find their own way. Yeah. You know, um, maybe not necessarily misguided, but can use a little bit more guidance. Um, and yeah, he says uh, if she wants to sit in the back seat, go ahead. Um, there's no sweat off his back. Uh, right, Reason and there, it... but really great dialogue. To me, this is you know this is the the foundation of one of the relationships that I've actually been waiting for. Um, is is Johnny and Sam because uh, just like Miguel and Daniel are so much alike as many times as we've seen Sam kind of get into it with her parents and the stuff she's gotten into it with them over Sam is very much like Johnny so it works you know it's a, the constant balancing act yeah exactly um, class is wrapping up at Cobra Kai Kyler asked Tori if she wants to wait in line with him to buy some new Nikes uh, sounds like he does this often and maybe not be the first time he's asked her. He is so shameless. Um, I mean, she's pretty obvious about the fact that she cannot stand him. Um, but, you know, uh, bless his bless his 17-year-old heart. He keeps trying. You yeah. know. Uh, let's see. And Terry Silver walks through the doors of Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, well, so I would, I would say Terrence, <laughs> Terrence walks in. Terry walks out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, tells that some of bitch Crease to turn around. Um, pissed that Crease is back and ruined everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Removes his shoes, steps onto the mat, and again, this, this is where I write dialogue is just too good for note taking. Um, just so many things, you know. I asked uh, Michael about that line. You know, why can't you just let the sleeping dog lie? You know, um, just really good dialogue and the, the exchange and the facial acting between the two. Uh, uh, between Tig and and uh, Marty, he's just really really good here. Oh yeah, the joy on Marty's face when he realizes, or when and the joy on Crease's face when he realizes that he's got Terry backed into this corner, and yeah, it, he you know, is in control again. You know, it's just the, ah, slimy. The vibe I'm I'm getting is like, you know, like um, you know, just imagining them about to uh, do something. I'm, I'm pulling this out of my rear here, but they're about to do something so adrenaline rushing, like 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 parachuting out of a plane, you know. So they're up on the plane. Terry there is, you know, standing at the door, doesn't want to do it, but but Crease just keeps pushing him. Go, jump. You know you want to do it. Go, and you know there's that 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 fight back there that um, Terry's like, no, I won't do it, and and he finally does. You know, jumps out of the plane and and seeking that thrill again you know getting that little 
taste of adventure or something. I don't know. It's just literally the back and forth is so good here. It is. And and one of the things I think that makes this episode feel as cohesive as it does is we've got these three major relationships developing throughout, right? And they're all having kind of the same interactions with each other, but on different levels. Like Daniel is reaching out to Miguel because he remembers what it was like to be Miguel. Johnny is reaching out to Sam because he knows she can be better than what she is. Crease is reaching out to Terry because he knows he can control him. Right. But they're all kind of having the same the circuitous interactions with each other. And it is a word, yeah. It's it it works. It works on so many levels. Yeah. Just, but I also it, it, want to it, punch Crease right in his nose. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I would no, in badly he's, he's for me. A little but bastard. <laughs> I'd do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry says that uh, he shouldn't have come and is getting to ready uh, getting ready to leave as Crease reminds him that they got through the bad memories together and that there's still time for them to finish what they started uh, and that the choice is his. And the look on Terry's face as he's standing in that door getting ready to walk out, it's like, you know, this is the last time we are going to see Terrence Silver. Yeah. It, it's it's not a choice for him. He I, I At this point, I mean, he does make the choice, obviously. But as soon as he decides to stop taking those meds, nothing else that he does is really his choice because he is so mentally ill that it is completely out of his control. But he has the means to get it back in control, literally in the palm of his hand, and he refuses to take it. Yeah. So. Uh, I feel um, bad for him. I really, at this point. Oh, yeah. I still feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robbie shows up at the pain residence and return uh, Kenny's backpack. Uh, ask if Sean is still getting out in the summer. Kenny tells him that they gave him another month for spitting in a guard's face. Uh, and then Kenny tells Robbie it's his fault. We get some backstory here on Sean and as to why he uh, got locked up. Uh, that Sean had some bad friends at school. Kenny caught uh, one of them stealing from his parents. And the guy tried to go after him, but Sean got in between them and whooped them pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um Kenny gets a notification on his phone and it's a video of him opening his locker with all the milk spilling out and Robbie offers to show him a couple moves. Um, yep. We cut to them in the backyard and he's correcting his stance and posture, reminds him to look uh, at his opponent in the eyes, call back to Karate Kid. Uh, they spar and a frustrated Robbie doesn't buy that he's Sean's brother. Uh, Kenny reminds him that Sean is big and strong and that he can only run. Uh, Robbie tells him to use that to run at his opponents. Yep. Yep. And so. as I was watching this scene, you know, there's a, there's a house back there that's got a, a set of brick steps and a brick front porch. Uh, there's a teenage girl who lives in that house who's a, a huge Cobra Kai fan. Um, is, is, she, is she in the frame? With, no, with no. The, the house <laughs> is. <laughs> her, her front steps and her front porch are. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, we saw this scene filmed from her living room window. Um, which right, yeah, I can't those, blame her. Uh, the first I mean, week, if they were I filming believe. in my yeah. front yard, I'd probably film it too, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Daniel and Miguel are in the garage at LaRusso Auto. Miguel thanks him for doing this, and Daniel tells him he's uh, he's going to teach him. And they continue to bond, and Miguel not only finds out more about Karate Kid Part 2 and 3, but also they're a little bit more alike than he thought. Uh, right. Daniel says his path wasn't always a straight line and that uh, his is still being written. 
but uh, yeah, I, I joke about you know Miguel learning about the the you know the two sequels and all. But I just, I just love how like one uh, dialogue, a conversation, you know, it, it leads to another. Yeah. Where, um, you know, he oh you didn't uh, you know college oh no I used that money to go to Okinawa. Oh right, and then you know the, the money from the uh, ice break contest. Like so, you use that for the dealership. No, I use that to open up the Sultai tree uh, shop. So <laughs> it it, it from, uh, uh, Ralph there. There there was a uh, one of the things I like is you know that we're seeing Daniel. He still gets in there. He still gets his hands dirty. He's standing in a multi million dollar luxury car dealership in a sweatsuit uh, with a ratchet in his hand. Right. So he he still gets in there. He still gets his hands dirty. I think, you know, to a certain extent, Amanda does, too. They remember where they came from. They remember how they got here. And I just I this goofy little story that I wrote at one point, Amanda was talking to Daniel and he's talking about, you know, his childhood and he did this and he did that. And, and, and she was like, do you even hear yourself? Do you think most 16 year old boys just drop everything and go to Okinawa on a whim? Your normal is not normal. And that's true. But as unnormal as Daniel's normal is, Miguel's is parallel to it. So yeah. Miguel's normal is just as unnormal, too. But I like yeah. seeing him remember where he came from, talking about how he got where he is. And he can laugh at the goofy things that we laugh about. Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees, dumbest idea you've ever had, Daniel. It was ridiculous. Um, and it's nice to see him acknowledge that, you know, Maybe that wasn't the greatest idea, and, you know, maybe I've been terrible with money my whole life until I got so much that I couldn't really be terrible with it. No. Yeah. No, yeah, no, and I, I like what you said about him still getting his hands dirty. I mean, we, we see in the background that there's, like, a uh, uh, one of the mechanics, you know, is working on another vehicle. He easily could have been like, hey, can you take over here while he's, like, talking to Miguel kind mm -hmm. of thing. But, no, the, the, he's going to use this as a moment to to bond with him like Miyagi did with him, you know, right. fixing cars and, you know, doing house chores and such, you know, so. Yep. Um, so we go back to the rooftop. Uh, Johnny's about to give up on the Miyagi-Dos, calls them pathetic for wanting to stay in the nest. Uh, and Daniel is texting Sam and is seeing how uh, things are going. Also text to not do anything he wouldn't do. Uh, Johnny tells them that they fail and to grab their things. And Sam, remembering what Johnny said about finding her own way, uh, decides that she's going to jump and does and makes it. Yep. Don't Very do I, I, If you are a father of a teenage, a, a teenager in general, do not say the words, don't do anything I wouldn't do. The last time that her parents told her to make good decisions, she, you know, got drunk off her ass and ended up at Johnny's asleep in the, in the guest room. So right. uh, <laughs> maybe Sam doesn't make the best decisions for herself, but she's a teenager. She's supposed to do the opposite of what her parents say. It's the, Usually, they're just supposed yeah. to. I guess so, unfortunately. Uh, but it, it, it does work out in her favor. And again, we, we keep talking about our interview with Michael Johnson Smith. And if you guys haven't heard it yet, he does share a deleted scene from this very moment and, and the things that take place uh, after and the reasons that it, it was cut because this is you know kind of Sam's moment. So it, the, the focus is more on her. Uh, but the scene ended uh, a lot more co uh, comedically. So uh, check that right, out. With... That's definitely a tease there. Right. And Gianni's interview, he talks about uh, the, the same scene, but from his perspective, whereas 
this scene ends on Sam and her big beaming smile and everyone's pride in her and her pride in herself. Whereas the other one ended with, you know, Dimitri almost doing something really drastic. Um, So you got to listen to Gianni's interview, too, because he talks about that. Sure. Nate shares his experience from being up there as well. So Mm -hmm. all the interviews. Yes. Um, Terry Silver is popping some pills in the bathroom of his home and gets another text from Cheyenne. Uh, clearly, it's been at least a few days uh, that she's been trying to reach out to him with no response. Uh, he removes his top to reveal that he had his tattoo removed. And we cut to young Crease and Silver getting matching tattoos. Uh, again, in that interview, Michael talks about, um, you know, him and, and, you know, TV3 and, you know, sending each other, like, uh, screenshots of, like, pictures of Terry Silver and him, like, in towels and whatever. Like, oh, this is... You know, we see this body part so that, you know, we can't put the tattoo there. So that that was a really interesting dialogue there. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a great way to uh, to get this like life changing thing that we should have seen in the third movie. They found the exact place that we did not see on him. Right. Yeah. And when uh, I when we interviewed again, it, it, possibly Frank Helmer, you know, we're going to we're going to hit up another interview here. Um, I had asked him about the potential of putting Terry in a a silk, a black silk gi. And he said that it ended up looking like pajamas. Well, now here we have him standing in the bathroom in a black silk robe. So here is, you know, Terry Silver in his in his. Uh, um, did I just say black silver? I meant black silk. Uh, <laughs> um here we have Terry Silver, you know, in his in his black silk gi, his karate pajamas. I do wish we could see, and I know they kept that label turned away from us on purpose. We're not supposed to know what Terry's actual right. diagnosis is. Right. Um, whereas if we saw the medication, we would know. Um, exactly. Yeah. But it's going to be something super powerful. It's going to be something like lithium or, you know, uh, something. Plutonium? No. No, I don't. I don't think they give you plutonium for uh, you know. You can diagnose him. Those, you can diagnose him as bipolar. You could diagnose him as schizophrenic. You could, you know, whatever. Um, until we actually see the medication that he's taking, we have no idea. We just know that he is severely mentally ill, and it is right now controlled. Yeah. Uh, this is also where they talk about entering Cobra Kai into the seventh annual All Valley uh, Karate Tournament. Uh, Kree says that this is the perfect, perfect venue to show the whole world that their way is the right way. Uh, yep. Terry has some bad news that he has to take over the company, uh, his dad's company. And if he doesn't, he'd get uh, cut out of the inheritance. And uh, so just some good dialogue here with these two, um, just giving us more of their friendship, really. Uh, Terry is scared and that he can't go back to a normal life. And Kree tells him that fear doesn't exist, uh, says he's got him. And they do the uh, Cobra Kai Never Dies handshake there. Um, present day Terry stares into the mirror and puts his hair up in a ponytail. And it appears he's back. Right. And from this moment on, Terrence Silver is is gone. Poor Cheyenne. I mean, you, you the text messages that she was sending him. I love you. Please text me back. Please let me help you. What's going on? Why aren't you answering? Um, she's been such a big, yeah, yeah, she's been such a big part of his life for so long. She has to recognize that he's spinning off the rails and she's trying to reach out and keep him on, but she's also not trying to intrude, which if they've been together that long, uh, 
I'm sorry. Um, go save your man, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Get off your ass. Quit texting him. Get over to that house and save your man. If you love right. him, go save him. And she doesn't do it. Yeah. So she's not being she's not being very mindful. No, she's really not. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's letting him steamroll completely over her. And I get that she loves who he is, right? And we've had this discussion about Amanda and Daniel before. Does she love who she thinks he who she thinks he is? Or does she love who he actually is? In this instance, I think Cheyenne loves who she thinks he is. And that's someone whose illness is controlled. Right. And she does not know this man. And she does not love this man. She doesn't even know him. So. She sure doesn't. Uh, Johnny is arriving home. And here's his own advice from earlier on the rooftop. Uh, Decides to go see Carmen. Yeah, and wants to talk about them, but Yaya has friends over, so this is that Jerry Maguire moment here. Um, he doesn't care that there's people there, and continues on that he wants to take the leap with her. And there's stuff that they got to figure out, but they can figure out uh, together. So um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that he's like kind of using like um, metaphors based on like the his his training from earlier in the day with the Miyagi does like, like Carmen wasn't there. So I, I feel like there's a little confusion to like what he's saying, but she loves the man. So she like can figure it out. But I just thought it's kind of funny, you know, talking about like in the back seat. but I'm more of a guy who drives like, you know, with the top down, the hair blowing in the wind. I, I just thought it was really funny. It, but, it, it but is. It's, really it's sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. It's very Johnny. Carmen has no idea what the hell he's talking about. All she knows is that she adores this man and he loves her back. And it's the the energy that he's bringing right now. Yeah. You make no sense, but, but I I get where you're coming from. So she's like, okay. And then they kiss. And Uh, one of the ladies in the back there wonders if he has a brother. (laughs) Right. He's cute. Does he have a brother? Um, I just, I, 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 we, we all knew right from the moment that Johnny and, and Carmen met, we kind of, figured that they were going to move toward a relationship with these two. And sometimes that can feel forced when you spot it that far out. But um, Vanessa and Billy, their chemistry with each other is so off the charts that this relationship and this romance is very organic feeling. Um, A a 15 year, 20 year age difference between them does not matter. They love each other and that's it. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 figure everything else out as we go. Uh, let's go knock the TV off the wall again. I'm sure. I bet you he'd be down for that. Oh, I'm sure he would. As would yeah. she. She's also. I have got to give it up for Carmen because she is a sexually aggressive woman. She knows what she wants. She gets it, whether Johnny wants to give it to her or not. But she's not like your typical stereotypical. Um, you know, she she knows herself. She knows what she wants. She knows that she loves him. She's going to get what she wants. But yeah. she's not like your typical, you know, stereotypical uh, sexually aggressive woman. I like the way that they're presenting this relationship. And I like that she keeps Johnny off balance. Right? I mean, she's more effective at knocking his knees out from under him than Daniel is. So no, I like sure. that. Uh, let's see. 
we are back at the Cobra Kai dojo and Kenny shows up for another shot and he has more confidence. Uh, Robbie asks Kreese uh, to give him another chance and Kyler gets up and runs him off the mat again and everyone laughs again but Kenny runs at Kyler and hits him. Uh, this earns him a spot on the mat for striking back, I suppose. Right, and it, both of these interactions between Kenny and, and Kyler to me um, again, you know, potential Easter egg, or maybe it's just the way that it ended up working. Daniel's first match at the All Valley in '84. The, I mean, it, Kenny backs up almost the exact same way Daniel did. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Running that, from yeah. his first opponent until he stood his ground and kicked the guy square in the ribs. You know, so it, it, I, I like that because again, here's another upcoming potential. Uh, Karate Kid 3.0 coming up here. But right. he's on the... You said that a little weird. 3.0. <laughs> well, 3.0 <laughs> because Daniel, of course, is the original and Miguel is oh, no, no, no. Karate Kid 2.0. So, you know, it's, we're in the, it's the third... the way you said it. You know? I know. The third generation here. That's that's what I meant. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it, and, you know, to be fair, like, uh, I don't know if these to be fair, but just to kind of add to, like, why Crease like, accepts him to the dojo it's just like this is a clear um you know like a stark contrast from from the kid he saw the last time you know right. like oh oh he finally did something you know instead of running away he actually not struck first but i mean technically he struck first but after being run off the mat we're like okay well you know this kid hasn't changed but instead he does run up to kyler and hits him you know um sucker punch or not uh, yeah, sucker punch. That that whole conversation, that whole discussion. Did Daniel sucker punch Johnny on the beach after Johnny had been kicking the shit out of him for a while? No, you really can't sucker punch someone you are actively fighting with. Kyler, pay attention. Yeah, right, right. You turned your back on your opponent. That's on you. Yeah, should have kept your eyes. Uh, look the opponent in the eye, right? Yep. Um. We're in the backyard of Miyagi-Do, and the Eagle Fangs are still trying to catch the koi. Uh, they think this is impossible, and Daniel instructs patience. And Miguel remembers what Daniel said back at the garage and applies it here. He has everyone get into the pond, and they walk. Uh, they all walk in a circle. And the fishes swim under the board and makes it easier for Miguel to grab one successfully. Yep. yep. I and it, again, it's it's the circle, right? The pond is a circle. Right. The the balance board is a circle. The wheel technique is a circle. Catching the everything is a circle, including this show. No, because we keep circling back to 1984. Um, sure. And it's just now, it's it, uh, wonderful. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Sato's um, logo? Isn't his like two fish also circling around each other? Yeah, kind of. Or? Yeah, it's like the it's like yeah, the yeah. yin and the yang. The, the or maybe not necessarily an Ouroboros because it's not the infinity symbol, but it's the two fish chasing each other's tails. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's Miyagi Do. So yeah. that, and that's what Daniel was talking about in the garage. I know we didn't get too detailed into it, but it, the di- the dialogue is there. Um, Johnny pulls up to the front of the Miyagi Do students. Wait. Uh, uh, Miyagi-Do uh, and the students are there. Uh, Sam asks, what's the plan for today? Something else life-threatening? Uh, he says, yes, but now they're ready. And reminds them, if they get put in a scary situation, you don't back down. Uh, you got to right. grow a pair. Yep. Looks at Sam and adds, of legs uh, to jump. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying so a, hard. <laughs> yeah. He's doing a really good job. He really uh, is. Sam says, it's okay that they understand. And she calls him sensei. Really nice and sweet there. 
they head to the backyard as Daniel's putting a headband on Miguel. Uh, everyone else is there, and Johnny is not happy and and Snake. Yeah, but you know what, Johnny? You are coming around the corner with Daniel's daughter damn near on your elbow. The conversation you just had and the conversation you had with her yesterday, get the fuck over yourself. But but also, like, he, they're teaching each other's students, and they're just standing on the platform. Maybe it's the idea of putting the headband on Miguel, but other than that, there's nothing to be jealous of. or there, No, not, there's not. not. That kind of reaction, so... There's not, yeah. and, and that's, that's, like, if I were to... I, I, I've said many times that my single least favorite scene of the entire series is, you know, coming up in episode five. And and it, I think a lot of that is because I had so much invested in the way I thought that scene was going to go. Johnny doesn't really feel much like Johnny here. Like he should be self-aware enough to realize you're luring his daughter away from him. So what if he's bonding with your student who's not even your kid yet? I mean, you just did the exact same thing out front. Get the fuck over yourself, Johnny Lawrence. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done with the childishness out of a 52 year old man. Knock it off. Yeah, but and you know, I'll, I'll some say the same. Drama, right, <laughs> right. But I mean, I'll give the same lecture to Daniel coming up here in a, in a couple episodes. Anyway, both of sure. you grow up. You are 50 year old men. Right. I mean, uh, honestly, this uh, this pretty much ends. I'm, I'm trying to think here. Does it? This ends the same way. Is it three oh eight ends? Kind of, you know, where um, Johnny uh, walks into the country club and sees Daniel and Allie already talking. Oh, Is that three oh eight? Yeah, or three oh nine? Three oh nine. Okay. Three oh nine. Yeah, and he's like okay, immediately so jealous. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Why? I get that, you know, Johnny's broken, Johnny's damaged, Johnny's traumatized, blah, yeah. blah, blah. We're going to ignore the fact that Daniel is too, but we're going to focus on Johnny. Um, but at some point, he really needs to stop acting like a child and he needs to get some self-confidence. He's he's worth it, right? He's He is important enough in Miguel's life that he should not be worried about this and he should believe that. The lack of faith and trust yeah. he's putting in Miguel at this moment is just... I'm I'm very angry with both of them at multiple points moving forward. This is where I start getting really, really mad at Johnny. So fair warning. I, I I'm going to yell at both like, of them moving forward. <laughs> what's new? Right. Uh, but I, I, I do wonder if this moment was edited down because, you know, you want the impact to be quick, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, Johnny just saw this and, and – and oh no, he's upset. And like, oh great, I got I gotta watch the next episode. But I do wonder if there was a little bit more to it, you know, uh, more more that kind of just adds file to the f- file, uh, adds fuel to the fire, you know, f- for Johnny to be upset so quickly, you know. Um, so yeah, I just wonder if it was abbreviated a little bit. But it'll be a, a good question to ask the, the director. Right. I mean this this isn't this isn't the same situation of them at you know sixteen and seventeen. Um, you know, Daniel was standing in the window watching Johnny sexually assault his girlfriend and completely misunderstanding what he's seen. Um, this is not that. This is not even close to that. And Johnny just really needs to get over himself. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
it, it's Daniel, and, and we we've seen them all episode. You know, just uh, being friendly with each other, and um, you know, maybe that's something he could have been like, "Hey, so I just I saw that. What was that about?" You right. know, instead of just jumping to conclusions. But hey, that's the Miyagi verse for you. Exactly. This man is currently your best friend. Open your goddamn mouth. Yeah, you you guys shared food together. Come on. Right. You gave him um, the big half of the ham sandwich. I want that guy back. But it's I, only I, been I thirty five minutes too since you were that guy. I know, really. <laughs> so. uh, I, I, I do like what you kind of said earlier too. How this is like the middle of like the first mid season because it it is exactly that. It's episode. It's the middle episode of the first five, right? So, right. Um, you know, we we saw things kind of working out. So now we're working up to the, the tension and the mid season finale coming up with uh, I think it's is it yeah match point uh, episode five. So. Uh, we're definitely getting there. Um, yeah, another great episode, a lot of great dialogue, a lot of character development, and obviously can't wait to see more. Um, One thing that I else? did think of yeah. the other day, um, and, and this is you know in the 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 first half of the season mid break, and then the the mid season break, and things like that, which don't really affect us because we we get all ten episodes at once. But we are actually only three weeks out from where the season would have ended if we had gotten it one episode at a time. And that just dawned on me the other day. And it was like, I don't know if I could have waited until the, you know, March 4th (laughs) to to, uh, put up where to, to see where this goes. I think it would have been pure torture. Um, you know, having to do this one episode a week. So please, Netflix, do not ever do that to us. Um, and I know Amazon's been <laughs> messing with it, but it's it's just dumb. Don't do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally get it. Like, and and these these cliffhangers, they're killer. They, oh they, they really are. And and the fact that the episodes are you know between thirty to forty minutes. That's 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 what would also suck. Just because you know it. To us, it'd be so little that we're getting weekly. But in terms of like podcasting, that that would actually make it so easier for us. It would because we could, you know, keep up possibly or not. I don't know what we. I don't know if we would have kept well, up but, or but not. That, not necessarily only that, but like, uh, I, I feel like the casual podcast listeners, like we may have already lost some of those people, you know, who who would have preferred to have like all ten within that first two three months. You uh, know? And so we're back. only just putting out the third. But you know, I mean, again, we, we we've put out so many interviews too like if you just look at cobra kai episodes alone we've put out a lot this year right so i really hope that you guys go back and check out the interviews because i know those don't get as much of the um the, the, the love as like our episode reviews so right lot, and lot one of, thing i do want to say you 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 mentioned the cliffhanger right because here we got a cliffhanger we've got a cliffhanger at the end of episode one we got a cliffhanger at the end of episode three we you know um the best fanfic are the ones that end every chapter with a cliffhanger of sorts. So this is a long, this, this to me just feels so familiar. Um, ending every episode on a cliffhanger of sorts. It's the same as getting, getting them to turn the page, right? And, and read the next chapter. It's the same concept, only it's with television. So every episode leaves us somewhere that we have to, what, what happens next? I have to keep going. Um, and I love it. That's that. I mean, it, Cobra Kai is a page turner. There we go. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so that's gonna conclude our review of uh, episode season. So oh, I'm sorry, episode three of season four. Uh, then then learn fly. Yep. So again, uh, the next depending on when you listen to this, the, the next episode I would imagine is uh, an interview with director Mario Woods, who uh, directed this episode and the next episode, episode uh, season season four, episode four, uh, Bicephaly. Is that, yeah. is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah Bicephaly. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. We have not yet recorded it at the time of this recording, so, so we're going to have her interview sandwiched in between her two episodes. So um, it, it would have been nice to have you know, and it was all dependent on uh, availability, but I would have liked to have spoken with her um, pre-recording this too, so we can also add some nuggets to that. But again, maybe some incentive for those that don't necessarily listen to the interviews to listen to the interviews for these really great nuggets and deleted scene talk and stuff like that. So Right. And with the exception of the big three, she will be the first director that we've interviewed, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, first woman director on top of that too. So, um, so there we go. That'd be awesome. So, uh, yeah, the other thing is just a reminder about uh, the whole Paley Fest thing. Um, if you guys don't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll definitely have some like uh, bonus and exclusive content coming from that event uh, up, up up on that uh, on our channel. Mm-hmm. But if you guys are listening to the podcast, I'm sure you're subscribed there, so you'll get any bonus episodes there too. Uh, we'll we'll see if we can coordinate one. But after the event, I I would like to get with some of the uh, other people that uh, attended to do like a little recap. So we'll we'll see. But we, I definitely got some ideas coming up for for that event. So uh, Brianna, where can people find you if they want to follow you and uh, talk more about Cobra Kai? My name is Brianna Davidson. I am Brianna Twenty Five on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram. Live Journal, YouTube, Archive of Our Own, Fanfiction.net. I make music videos. I make silly posters. I write silly stories. And email me, Brianna25 at gmail.com. All right. You can find me on social media as well on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod and Cobra Kai Companion, Companion with a K on Instagram. Uh, do check out our website. Bookmark that if you haven't already for uh, links to all of our interviews, which I do need to update. Uh, at Co- No, not at, but Cobra Kai Companion, Companion with a K dot com. So uh, until the next episode, wait, are you the sun? It's called a growth spurt, dipshit. Haven't you done enough, princess?